Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another fan critical podcast. And today we are finally covering Star Wars: The Last Jedi, directed <laughs> directed by uh, Ryan Johnson. It is the eighth instalment in the sort of Skywalker saga. Just a quick spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Thanks for that, John. We are going to be discussing everything in the Last Jedi. Spoilers for. All of Star Wars, basically. And, the next episode. and we're going to do predictions for episode nine. That's not really spoilers. I mean, John has predicted a lot of stuff right Nobody recently. So, yeah, well. if you haven't seen the Last Jedi, don't listen to this. But you know, go watch it because it's brilliant, as you're about to hear. But come back after you've watched it. Okay, right. Today, I am joined by our resident Wookie, and we're going to hear the impression. <laughs> That's really good, John McCann. Also, by our small green friend from a galaxy far, far away, otherwise known as Australia. Gaz. Green. Like, what? You're like malnourished and sort of like, you know, you're struggling over there. And your height is still an issue. Mm. And by someone we just got out of a Happy Meal, our very own Porg, Emma. <coughs> there you go. That's good, though. That's pretty good. Yeah, so, uh, John, you, you know, got to step your game up, mate. Yeah. To be honest with you. And Porg V2. Your only thing in this podcast is impressions. And... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so guys, we've, we we uh, we all went to see the Last Jedi together. Obviously, not with Gaz because he's in Australia, but we all went at pretty much the same time. Just overall sort of summary: What did we think of the Last Jedi? I'm going to throw it to John first. Uh, it was fucking really good. It was really good. Um, I was, uh, I guess, if you're looking at the Force Awakens, you you watch that and you go. Oh, I'm relieved that it was good. And this one went in with like ridiculous hype. Like you look at all yeah. the, the critics kind of splurging all over themselves. Yeah. Is that the word? Splurging, yeah. Splurge or splurge. Splurge. No, Some kind of is a real verb. Oh, uh, okay. Well, well coming all over themselves <laughs> about how uh, good it is. So you think, all right, well this is you know, they've set the bar. And then you go in and you're like, Oh actually, yeah. I I, I can see why they would be Why so they would happy love it, yeah. It. Yeah, it was I- great. I fucking loved it. Uh, you know, I'm 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 famously known as this kind of tough, early, uh, very early. <laughs> you know, very, you know, sort of a you know a badass, if you will. Uh, but there were a couple of moments where I was 
you know, bottom lip goes. Yeah. Touched. Yeah. Touched the nerve. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't, I wasn't physically touched. I was sitting about. next to him. I was sitting next <laughs> yeah. to him. And I have to this say, might I, be a I, recurring theme, I but, did touch uh, his knee at several points. You did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not why I was crying. I was crying because of the emotional stuff. Emma, you uh, weren't able to join us for the uh, preview podcast. So you didn't really get a chance to discuss your relationship with Star Wars um, and your thoughts about it in general. But why don't you tell everyone what you thought about The Last Jedi? I, I grew up with the original episodes four, five and six. Uh, but I was a kid the age of episodes one, two, and three when they were released in cinemas. I really enjoyed The Force Awakens. I will admit that tonight I might be what you might expect from Mr. John McCann. Uh, slightly less than infused by The Last Jedi. Okay. I was somewhat disappointed for about 40% of the movie, I have That's to say. That's quite a large percentage of it. Yep. It was, and uh, that's me being generous. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's because it's Christmas, right? So, you know, my Christmas spirit says, let's not make it, you know, overwhelmingly negative. Well, I, I think we're going to fall out in this. I think I, well, I love it falling out. Week, so, fuck it, let's just ruin it. Um, no, I, I thought. Well, you uh, wait until the next Walking Dead song, so I'm going to rip it to fucking shreds now. <laughs> oh, I've been fucking kind because no, it doesn't matter. No, standalone as a movie, fantastic and visually spectacular. It blew me away. I have to say, there are a number of things I have issues with. Overall, I give it a, a seven out of ten. Well, still pretty good. I mean, seven out of ten is good. It's not I mean, great. I, I gave four episodes of the mid-season of Walking Dead ten out of ten. So. <laughs> That's absolute nonsense. That is terrible. Um, Gaz, what did you think about the film, mate? I loved it. I thought it was excellent and very good, both of those things. I thought it was really good and great. Yeah, no, that too, actually. Um, How many raspberries would you give it? Um, I don't really deal in raspberries, mate, but on the blueberry rating system, it's absolutely... Absolutely, 100% a 9 out of 10 film for me. I, wow. 9 out of 10 blueberries. 9 out of 10 blueberries. It's one of those films where I think, I don't know, again, the whole atmosphere, the whole the whole experience of going to the cinema for it was, was really good. It was the biggest number of people I've ever watched a film with. Like this. <laughs> so lonely, so lonely. So... It was what I mean is the cinema was huge and it was totally packed and people were cheering at the start and laughing at certain bits and probably one bit in particular where we shouldn't have been laughing but we will come yeah. to that and overall it was just an awesome experience. So we went to the cinema all together to see it and we saw some absolute uh, let's just say some super fans, super fans in the cinema. We were waiting to get snacks. Oh, fucking losers. Well, it's, it's us in five years' time, mate. No, no, fuck off, <laughs> no. But we were in the and queue. Then, to be honest, like there's some guy like knocking about like in the shittest costume ever. I don't know what he was thinking. Why are you going to the cinema with a speaker? Yeah, so like, the, the, I mean that is mental. What John's referring to is we were in the queue getting snacks and <gasps> and we were laughing about uh, believe it or not John's very good Chewbacca impression. <laughs> Yeah, thanks again, John. And um, basically, out of I just I heard a really good Chewbacca impression. It sounded really loud. Next I was like, someone, I was like, yeah. is someone actually playing the film? Hmm. And we turn around, and this guy has a, like a speaker, like on his back or his hip or something, and a, and a microphone oh, rigged yeah. up to his his mouth. 
And he was just like, if you ever seen Police Academy, he was, you know, the sound effects guy from Police Academy. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. But essentially just doing uh, Star Wars noises. We had a bit of BB-8. We had a bit of R2-D2. We had a bit of Chewie. We didn't get a Porg. And that's when I asked John to go up and, you know, really, you know, show him up. Because that was your chance. At least, though, at least these are people who are coming close to... No. No, to... to like, they're making an effort. The pe- the There was nobody dressed up apart from one guy who was wearing, like... A BMX biker's helmet. Yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> He's in the wrong film. Is that his Stormtrooper helmet? <laughs> I don't know whether he thought he was going to the release of the new Tony Hawk game or something, but he sat through the cinema. He sat through the film. So I don't, I'm guessing he was in the right place. So um, people thought that um, they were worried that this film might, you know, similar to the way The Force Awakens was a copycat of The New Hope, a lot of people were a bit sceptical and thinking that uh, this would be a copycat of Empire or trying to be, you know, like Empire. We did say in a preview podcast that we felt like it was going to be a darker film, like it was going to take us to some darker places, similar to the way Empire does uh, with, um, you know, the original trilogy. Mm. And what I'm just so happy that this film did enough to stand on its own completely apart from Empire. I mean, yeah, it's got, like, some elements of Empire in there, and it's also got a lot of elements of sort of Return of the Jedi at times in there. But I think you've got to remember that all <clears throat> films and and TV shows and books recycle the same story over and over. But the way in which you tell the story is is, is what I think Ryan Johnson here has done extremely well, because... It's about how you show the story. Yeah, well, he's completely subverted a lot of our expectations, and there was more twists in this Star Wars film uh, than I've ever ever experienced in any of them. Like, I mean, apart from, you know, mm. Vader revealing in Empire that, you know, he's Luke's father, here there was a couple of times where it, it zagged when you thought it was going to zig. It was, it, and it really was like, I was like, I, was like, I cannot believe they've just done that at certain points. So I think we should open up by uh, discussing, you know, the title of the film was The Last Jedi and Mark Hamill uh, reprised his role as Luke Skywalker. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I think he is the best he's ever acted in any of these films that we've seen him in. I mean, I thought he played a really good tortured, sort of tormented, haunted figure. Um, and that came across really well just because, of, you know, the way he looked with the beard and everything, like a haggard old Jedi master. Um, and I thought his interactions with Ray were great. Um, Emma, what did you think about it? I spectacularly disagree. Um, I have a huge amount of respect and love for Mark Hamill as he was 30 years ago. But quite frankly, I'm going to say now, he's passed it and he was fucking terrible in this film. He was wooden, he was broken and he was <clears throat> anemic in his... Um, and I will be dividing a lot of opinion here and I, I have a horrible feeling I'm going to be the one that's the arsehole on this podcast. And I really wanted him... I desperately, nothing wrong with being an arsehole. I desperately... nothing wrong with being, well, I love being badly wrong. I'm not badly wrong. I'm not finished yet. I'm not fucking finished yet. I I desperately wanted him to be the the, the Luke Skywalker that I remembered him to be. He's never going to be that Luke Skywalker because the the point is that he's a tortured soul. Go on. That is correct, but I haven't finished. You know, he's like emotionally backward and he just doesn't deliver the way that Mark Hamill should be delivering and it's a real shame. Right. A real shame. Yeah, so to play devil's advocate... um, I think you, everything you said is uh, is awful, but no, it is. No, no, no. But if anything, if like if this was a podcast about our podcast, I'd be like, what's happened with Emma? 
Like she's emotionally drained and she's doddery and she's clueless. And I go, yeah, oh, hold on. Me. Yeah. Yeah, and I go, why is it McCann so consistent? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think um, the, the complaints he can have about <clears throat> Luke Skywalker's character is that he, his character is very different to the character that we know of. Yeah. But then you've got to appreciate that you've had what, like 30 or 40 years in between. Yeah. And I wonder, actually, if my opinion is coloured by the fact that I've not thought about the change in time. However, I, I just, I was really... But it's difficult, isn't it? it, it like, if... Uh, I don't want to have to think about that. But he was a young, he was a relatively young man that had to grow up very quickly. Young, pretty sexy man. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, is he... In a, a way. Yeah, well, but anyway. Um, he was a relatively young man that had to grow up very quickly, and then we've not seen him for, like, 40 years, and he's yeah. had quite a massive trauma... In that he built a Jedi Academy. Yeah. Uh, and he fucking fell to pieces. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his fucking nephew's gone to the, the dark side. That's, yeah. that's a that's like, we've all had bad mumps at work. I think there is a point there to the delivery of some of the lines at times in the first <laughs> half of the film. Like, he, I think overall, the character that he's portraying is exactly what you want because he is he is tortured and he seems it and he's like this haggard weathered old man who's had enough. I think there is there were times where I was like, why has he said it like that? Like why has he put on that weird voice? Mark Hamill has been a lot of things that I've seen uh, outside of the Star Wars saga. Name five other films. Yeah, I'm going to call you out on that. He's been a bit part in CSI. Uh, oh, that, oh, sorry. That is mental. That is mental. That is absolutely mental. But he played, he's so iconic. He so played Luke Skywalker and some. His other most guy famous role so outside of Luke Skywalker is the Joker, the Joker on yeah. the animated animated Batman series. But I don't care about Mark Hamill outside of Star Wars. What I wanted was Mark Hamill to be a really grown up, also like particularly awesome version. Let's move on to the fact that we learn about his tortured background and. How one of our expectations was subverted already in the film quite early on when we find out that that Luke essentially <laughs> created the way you said Luke, but yeah. but the decision the decision of by Luke to essentially look inside Re, uh, Ben Solo's head at that when he was sleeping and see the darkness within him and and the fact that he was afraid that Snoke had already <laughs> manipulated him to the point where Which he he was gonna you know Luke sort of took the decision to snuff it out while he could um completely backfired on him um but that was interesting because yeah, yeah, yeah. i did not see it going that way at all it was just it was just such an interesting thing that ryan johnson decided to do and it, and it shows why luke is so tormented because he's this hero like we hear it throughout you know everything he's he's a legend he even says it himself you know i'm just a legend you know what i mean but not yeah. in a good way yeah, um, actually, this is one of the things i really loved about the film is um the the flashbacks and the the uncertainty about what actually happened between ben solo and luke yeah in that whole environment and i yeah. really liked the back and forth of all of those different varieties yeah. of what could have occurred yeah. and, I, and i thought that was really really well done well, look, i mean that's like both of them yeah that's way better than uh <clears throat> anakin skywalker um not he, the younglings he, he, well no but he gets on oh, well anakin. with some old fella that's i mean look he might have been doing stuff but it gets well, on quite well with me. He says, oh, I can... Well, I don't know. But he says, oh, I can... I know of this power that can save people's lives and all this shit. I mean, it's awful. Yeah, it's bad. But um, what? So Mace Windu's fighting him. 
Yeah. Sidious. Yeah. And uh, he just comes out of nowhere and he's like, no, you can't kill him. No. Uh, and he just cuts his arm off and then he just, he fucking, uh, that's Sidious it. Sidious finishes him off, throws him out the window and he goes, what have I done? And then that's it. And, and he's dark side. Like, Come on, man. Yeah. He's just yeah, lying on the floor on his knees. He's yeah. like, what, what sort of, but, what sort of like development is that? Versus if that had gone Mace Windu for the whole of that saga, yeah. he didn't like Anakin from the beginning. No. And and they didn't want to train him. And if it got to a point where he was that powerful that at some point in episode three, Mace Windu um, tried to kill Anakin and Anakin killed him and then he fought um, Obi-Wan. I mean, that would have been far more powerful and far more Definitely. realistic as well. Like Definitely. now you can understand the Jedi in a way, not, I mean, the Jedi didn't turn against him, but one person in the Jedi did turn against yeah, him. Yeah, his, his teacher, his, his master. His mind. That's plot development. So yeah. that for me is, is good. I like that. Yeah, I really like that. Talking about, uh, we'll come back to Luke because there's lots to talk about with Luke, but let's move on to uh, Ray and Ren. I'm going to sort of group them together because in this film, uh, <laughs> they're intrinsically linked, uh, it seems, which, you know, when I was watching it, I was kind of like, God, this is, they're really sort of pushing their sort of related somehow. But later on, there's a really good payoff and you understand why they are having these forced conversations across mm-hmm. the galaxy. Yeah. Um, Gaz, what did you think about... Um, about Ray, let's start with Ray. What did you think about her, you know, trying to persuade Luke to teach her the ways of the Force and her sort of decisions and what she did on Acto, the little island with the with the Porgs? <laughs> Thanks, John. I, I liked, um, I really liked uh, Ray and Luke's adventures on, um, what is it, Acto, <laughs> when uh, she's just following him around for the day and he's milking hideous weird things that's the worst part of this whole film i think that was weird, the best part of the milking film. Thing. i love the creatures in this film and that, that weird no, uddered long neck dinosaur thing was wicked and the milk was like it, it wasn't even just blue. blue it was like a hint of blue funnily enough um luke drinks blue milk Does, on yeah. tatooine in a new hope yeah. so little yes. callback to uh, the, or something, isn't yeah. It? yeah it's like uh, so there's a little callback there to to how his adventure started uh-huh. Yeah, that is good. Her attempts at persuasion um, obviously weren't working, and it was maybe maybe it was a little bit sudden that he was like, "All right, I'll do it." Um, well, yeah, but- that very good point, Gaz. But but the the thing that and this was one of my favourite parts of the film. Um, the thing that made complete set complete sense to me was the the thing that got him to decide to train Ray was R two showing him the original message from Leia. Um, saying, help me, Obi-Wan well, Kenobi, you're my only hope. Okay. And that would makes complete sense to me. But hold on. Yeah, go on. Because I think, I agree, I think you're wrong, though. I think it's... Uh, no, 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 because I I that's, that's how want... I felt. Yeah. That, that, so that's the last scene before he decides that he's going to train her. Yeah. Um, and that scene is great, and we'll come back to that. But actually, the last dialogue before that is about Han Solo. Yeah. Yes. Which I um, think is the absolute driver. And, and so, that, so that, I guess that... So that bit about him learning that Han Solo is dead, which at the time I watched it, I thought, how the fuck can he not know? And obviously he's shut himself off on the floor, so he wouldn't yeah. know. I mean, that annoys me because it's a cop-out. But anyway, so but he, but he, he then... It's, it's realistic. He's isolating <laughs> himself and he has no fucking idea. How would he? Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's convenient is what I mean. Ultimately, that is the catalyst, but the driver to uh, 
to go to the Millennium Falcon and, and remember yeah. Han and blah blah blah. Yeah, he is walking yeah. through it and he sees yeah, the yeah. dice, uh, yeah. which we'll come on to later yeah, as a yeah, big yeah. as a big plot point. Yeah. I absolutely loved when um, when Luke first started training Ray, how she went straight to the darkness and it was like that was actually terrifying that dark hole and you just didn't know what was going on in there but it i I felt like that that moment sort of almost it almost made you feel as an audience like you could you could understand what it would be like um like dealing with the force because there's that big the black hole and you want to see what's in it don't you like you want to know and we were saying in our preview podcast that we were pretty saying that there was a chance that they might perform the old switcheroo in terms of Ren going towards the uh, the good side or the light side of the Force and that Rey might wander towards the dark side of the Force. And that was a really interesting thing at this at that stage in the film to yeah. sort of get that, like, oh, here we go, might be getting a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the um, the interesting thing with Rey and Ren was this connection that I mentioned earlier and the fact that they were doing something that we hadn't really seen over this sort of distance before, which is uh, having essentially a conversation with each other on other sides of the galaxy. Mm. Um, So when that first started happening, I was like, whoa, what's this force power about? And, you know, these guys aren't like anywhere near their full potential. And yet they're having conversations with another like they are literally in the same room as one another. Mm. And that was really interesting. And those conversations were some of the best parts of the film uh, for me. I thought they were great. And I thought Ray and uh, Ren, um, Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver were brilliant in this film. Yeah. I they... will say that that entire sequence of scenes, that kind of mind-melding <clears throat> Jedi meeting uh, series was my favourite part of this film, <clears throat> without a doubt. Yeah. I thought it was incredibly done. I thought it was incredibly powerful. It was emotive. They, they worked really well together um, as characters and as actors. And I thought it was really beautifully played by both of them. It was spectacular. It, it culminates in an amazing, an amazing realization, yeah. uh, which we get later on with with Snoke. Really beautiful. Um, and we find out that Snoke has actually been manipulating mm. Ray and Ren to see, to, you know, boosting their ability to see one another. Um, even planting things like uh, Ray seeing uh, Ren's future as being on the light side of the Force, and and and, and vice versa, so that Ray would go to Ren in the hope of turning him to the good side of the Force, similar to the way that Luke did with Vader. Yeah. Um, and it, and we may as well just talk about it now because um, it's a very, it's one of the best parts of the film. But when when Ray does decide to go and try and save Ben Solo, that whole throne room scene is just brilliant mm. and the tension yeah. that was done with it is excellent i mean gaz it's a little bit like you know um return of the jedi what did what do you what do you think about that scene this was one of the um i don't know if it was necessarily the best but it's like one of those kind of top three scenes in the film like there are a few yeah. standout moments aren't there and um, this this could be the best moment of the film to be fair um, the the whole um, the tension with the the conversation beforehand, you can just see you can see Kylo Ren's thought process, and he's going through that um, internally. But what is mad is that Snoke doesn't see it. Snoke isn't picking up on it. So I think that shows how powerful Kylo Ren is in that he 
he's able to hide his intentions from him, isn't he? I'm going to throw this to John, actually, because that's a good point about what you're saying there about Ren's powers. But but what, what, what famously the Sith's biggest weakness is, John, is overconfidence in their abilities. Yeah, so... Uh... Well, no, but if uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna create a story um, about like powerful leaders and dictators, uh, throughout history there are plenty of dictators and leaders and blah 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 that have let arrogance be their downfall. So I have absolutely no problem with that. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah. Um, if anything, someone that powerful is less likely to be careful in a yeah. in a scenario like that. Yeah. Um, Especially with the sort of powers that Snoke was showing. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean I've never seen, hell. I've yeah. never, not even Sidious had the powers that yeah. Snoke had. And and this is the interest. But Sidious didn't have the budget or CGI. Good but, point. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Snoke obviously uh, went to a very, very good university. My, my main complaint about this scene is, right, so that's, that's Snoke's gone now, is he? And well, who was he? And that's this. This is why I, I even, I think I even turned to you and said, "Fucking we had hell!" This chat, we had this chat on the way to our DLR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it was. Yeah. It, it's it's a bold move by Ryan Johnson to to kill, essentially, the Emperor figure in this trilogy. I think, sadly, without giving us a background to really who he was at the moment, we'll talk about it now. Um, there's a bit of a fan backlash at the moment uh, against the Last yeah. Jedi. So uh, we were having a conversation about it um, and we notice that the critic scores are like ridiculously good and the audience approval rating is like somewhere around the sort of marmite levels of you either loved it or you hated it yeah um which which you know leads less than that i would say which is probably interesting when, when i you... say that looking at a, a, a little marmite jar there yeah look at the marmite i'm i'm looking at but... a marmite review if you and point number 1 that they say the reason that they found this really disappointing was this right so Huge mega fan questions are left completely untouched. Like one, yeah. who the hell is Snoke? We will never yeah. find. We never will find out. Yet we were we'll all led to believe, and frankly wanted it, that Snoke was a major player in all of this. That's the first point. I completely. I mean, I I strong. I I know what people are saying, but I strongly disagree with that because, basically, if you. I'll let we'll come on to raise parentage later, which I probably is another one of those points on the uh, on the review that you're reading there, Gaz. The, the death of Snoke, and we'll just cut, bring it back round to the death of Snoke. I mean, it's a major like when I say you know a twist, a shock. He was just cut in half, literally cut in was, half. It was very cool. It was very cool, and very as cool. as we said, it's the overconfidence of the Sith that is always their downfall. It was the same with Sidious believing that he couldn't be beaten. You know, he didn't didn't account for the Ewoks, did he? So <laughs> you got always think about the Ewoks, and and the same with uh, Snoke. He thought that he could see into Ren's mind, and and yes, Ren had at that point, as we understand and now we know, had committed to the dark side of the Force. But the the thing that he didn't see is that his treachery would you know be his undoing, and the fact that all Sith masters usually get killed by their apprentices. Is he a Sith though? Snoke. Mm. That's a very interesting point as well. I mean, like, his powers so, were insane. I mean, I've never but, seen anything so, yeah, like so, it. But this is the point, isn't it? Like, we don't know anything about him. Yeah. And I guess uh, part of the build-up for the last two films yeah. is, who's this guy? Like, what does what does Snoke stand for or mean? Is that, yeah. is that, is that is it an abbreviation? A, or Kind of a shame that we don't know 
Well, yeah. So after two films, yeah. So after two films, it's a bit annoying, and now he's dead. So it's like, like even if we find out who he is, it's like, well, it's irrelevant anyway. And it was hilarious when his body fell apart into two pieces about twenty-five minutes after he got cut in half. That was great. Um, But but that was kind of like. So they've obviously done that to uh, hammer home the point with um, Dom Hall Gleason's character. I say Dom Hall Gleason, Len. Uh, Len's character. <laughs> Do you reckon I look uh, like him? Yes. Do you think I look like yes, Dominic Leeson? Absolutely, yeah. Fucking uh, So much. Um, but I think it was. He's a, a good looking chap. I, actually, I don't want to be Hux, though. He's a twat. It's a, it's a call to, I mean, look, Darth Maul. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. Half well, absolutely. And so is the Sabre. And you know that Darth Maul is alive in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so people can survive being chopped in half if you're... Survive in a cartoon. I mean, they, but ne- they a, never would have brought him back for an action but he, film. But here's an, interesting, here's an interesting question. We were talking about the fact that uh, we believe that Snoke potentially might have been Darth Plagueis, who we had, mm. who we know has that ability to manipulate life, or we were yeah. told by Sidious, and therefore brought himself back to life. Um so there's a way, you know, he could maybe, maybe he's brought himself I mean, I can't see it. That'd be very convoluted. No, it would be convoluted. It would be a fucking cop out. But the fact that when uh, when Snoke is killed, you get this amazing, probably one of the best moments of the film, where you know, Ren and Ray. Uh, at that point, you think he's Ben Solo, not Ren, um, and Ray are fighting together uh, against the Praetorian Guard. That is just, it was, it was fucking amazing. This is Mortal Kombat in space. And like, because one of the, one of the guardsmen is basically Scorpion, isn't he? He's got the little like, get over here thing that he does. I've got to genuinely ask, um, did we really think he was Ben Solo or did we think he was Kylo Ren? Yeah, I, 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 for a split second, I was hoping that there was going to go in a really interesting direction. You're such a liar. You definitely thought he turned, you were buzzing. I was I was happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's definitely. I know you were. I was happy. I, 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 I grabbed jo- all over the place. And... I grabbed John's leg again because yeah. I got excited. That's what I do buzzing. when I get excited. Um, but the, the Praetorian guards, they were pretty. Uh, they were pretty cool to see them in action. We don't. We never really got to see the emperor's again, like, guards in action. So I can't wait to hear about their backstory. <laughs> but do you know uh, that Praetorian guard or whatever they are? Uh, he's de- they're the one that's dead. His head come off. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was from uh, Acto. Oh, right, okay. Well, I don't care, mate. He's dead. Yeah. I have no idea who he is. But they were fucking awesome, to be fair. That whole fight scene was beautifully choreographed. Yeah, it was some sweet lightsaber action. Stunningly structured. Like, it, it was just... It was sweet immense. Sweet lightsaber. It was one of my top three moments of the entire film. Like, I don't know, we talked about this earlier, but, I mean, Len, I totally agree with you. I think it was spectacular. It was just some of the some of the moments in that were so cool. Like when when yeah. Ray Ray throws the um, uh, the lightsaber to Kylo Ren and he catches it and then oh, that was so cool. But can you can you imagine if if he had turned? He's like, I am Ben Solo now. Uh, okay, uh, so who are we fighting now? Yeah, that's it. That, uh, that, that's the just, issue. We're going to be fighting um, Hux. We're going to be fighting Len. If this was done in the like one of the trilogies, oh sorry, one of the prequels, it would have it, he it would have been this. She Ray would have said, "Kylo Ren, let's go," and then he would have gone, "Don't call me that. My name is Ben." I think it's a really, I think that's a really good narrative um, direction to head in because, like, it's like the fact that he is still Kylo Ren and he is still this angry young man. 
it's it's the right they've gone in the right direction haven't they yeah i think so i think so and it's interesting to have because vader vader never really overthrew the emperor and we never really saw his vision to rule the galaxy he kind of did overthrow. yeah but but, but, straight off a fucking ledge but 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 then he didn't want to take power or whatever is that just throwing over but um the the fact that now they've they've they, you know the apprentice has killed the master and essentially when oh, Ren goes yeah, full dark side here mm. he literally wants to rule the galaxy and he offers Ray the opportunity he says you know you know join me and he, essentially together we'll rule the galaxy just like uh, Vader said to Luke um, did, but, did he say that what was his exact line no he said like he said like join me you know you know search of, not search of feelings but he said <laughs> no he definitely I mean that did, would be mental that would be mental but, you know it hurt. to be true I am your father but no, he's you're the same age he, but this comes on to the interesting point where he says he says to Ray. He says to Ray, like, so, you know, look inside, you know the truth about your parents. Yeah. This is point number two in this critical review. Who, right, uh, just bear in mind, I, I, this isn't from me. These, these are not my views, nor my writing. Who is Ray's parents? The movie teased at answering this question in a couple areas, but we are still left with nothing. And there is no way... I'm settling for Ray's parents were just junkies who sold off, sold her off for a quick fix. That's unacceptable. I think it's I a mean, good. I, I think mean, it's a good plot development. I, I think it's very strong, and I'll tell you no, why. I think. Point. Do you think it's unacceptable? I think no, I think it's good. Acceptable. And you know why? And I think the scene at the end of this film. Not just illust- sell children. Just I think, hold on, clarify that. I think the fi- <laughs> I think the scene at the end of this film really illustrates the point that, yeah, maybe Ray's parents were these nobodies. You see the force-sensitive child at the end of the film. It illustrates that how, how this new generation is rising up. You know, it's not just the Skywalker saga. There's going to be these new Jedis rising up from all over the galaxy. Um, the point is, there's always going to be another kid that is touched by the force. There's <laughs> <laughs> a big thing going on at the moment in Hollywood. I don't think they'll be uh, using that analogy yeah, anytime soon. Who gives a fuck who your parents are? If you're if you're affected by the force and you are, you know, you, you are. If you call this number, if you call this number now, oh eight hundred. Affected by the force. And if, if, you're, if, if you are a, it sounds like a terrible uh, police drama as well. The force. But if, if you are a probably person, probably sounds like some of the Mark Hamill's been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all the two right. episodes. Yeah, probably accurate and, and better. Hey, I'm Mark. I'm Mark Hamill. No, stop saying that. You're a different character, aren't you? Is he Kermit the Frog? <laughs> well, yeah. now that the force is awoken, as they said, and there's that, you get the sense that there's this new generation of younglings um, <laughs> rising up. So. That's a very important thing. So Ray's parents perhaps don't actually... Maybe they are just these junkers. It doesn't really matter at all. Maybe they are just these junkers. And I liked it when I heard that. I was like, yeah, you know, Fine. not not a fuck you to the fans, but it was just kind of like, look, stop you're looking too much into this. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's not Obi... If it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, I would be fuming. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's move it on to essentially the... Not the B plot of the film, but the... the, the the idea that the the rebellion are on their last legs and they are fleeing from Snoke's massive Star Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> so the plot, um, essentially, of this film is is the rebellion escaping uh, from the clutches of the First Order um, in the world's longest chase scene <laughs> ever. The world's most slow-paced chase scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This um, is very dramatic. We yeah. could be caught any 
day now. There's a lot of lot of stuff that happens with um, this plot line, but I think it'd be good. That's place. the plot line, is it? It is the whole plot line of the, yeah. the reason to you know save save the last spark of hope in the galaxy, uh, as Leia calls it, um, and it's a good time to talk about Leia because obviously uh, sadly Carrie Fisher passed away last year or was it early this year um, it was Boxing Day 2016 yeah so last <laughs> year really fucking tragic it's important to discuss her in, in, in the context of this film because we know that she's not filmed any scenes for episode 9 um, and I think we're going to discuss something now where we feel was one of the weaker parts of the film fucking hell um, Super Leia well yes let's just let's just be open with it. There's an amazing uh, opportunity and a very shocking moment that happens about, you know, not even a third of the way into the film where Kylo Ren has the opportunity to shoot the, like, you know, shoot the sh- where Leia is on the ship and kill her. And he doesn't, um, which is an interesting moment because he, 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 he didn't give in to his, you know, dark side there. So we still need a bit of conflict with him at that mm. stage. But his other fight, you know, the TIE fighters around him do fire on the bridge. And but I like that. I, I like that. Yeah. And out of nowhere, you know, Leia and everyone on the bridge gets sucked out into space. And you're thinking, I, I even turned to you in the cinema, John. I went, fucking hell. Mm. Like, I couldn't believe it. What the fuck was that shit all about after that? So the bit you're referring to is the fact that after she is sucked out into space and you just see her like frozen, like corpse floating through space, which was quite effective, I thought at the time. Yeah, then, I, mean, I, I, look, I mean, I don't and, know what, until... technically, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Yeah, but if then... You, if you're sucked into space... You just it's freeze. It's so cold you freeze. You just yeah. freeze. You just freeze, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like but she a... somehow has the ability to come back to life. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, and fly back towards the, the ship, the safety of the ship. Not now, only does she fly back, she puts her hand out, a bit like Superman when it was Christopher Reeve, and goes, do you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna float with it, like arms in a kind of superhero pose back mm. to the ship. It makes no fucking sense. Dun, it's ridiculous. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, it, that's it, shit. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I watched it, and the look on my face was, "What the fuck is this shit?" This was this was the moment when the entire cinema erupted in laughter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, he's bad. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Thing I think is, like you said, Len, the word the word for it is perfect. It was an opportunity. Like, it was, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds pretty cold, doesn't it? And, and and it it could have been like a. I don't know. I thought I was thinking when they sort of showed her out floating in space. I was like, that's kind of a beautiful moment. And then she started yeah. flying. I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was an opportunity and a missed opportunity. Obviously what had happened, and as you see, she's an integral part to the rest of the film in terms of the fact she's in a lot of, you know, she had a lot of scenes in the in this film. Yeah. And it would have been so much stronger. I know they could have probably done it because it would have been an impossible edit and they, there's no way they could have done it. And they couldn't have, obviously didn't plan for her death. But the, the fact that, when she just died in that moment and got sucked out into space, it was so powerful. I was like, "That is a that is a genuinely shocking moment." And it was a beautiful death. Yeah, and, and it was she she was at peace with it. She knew the, the the missiles were coming in. You saw that she looked at the screen, she closed her eyes, an amazing shot. That it just gets blown up behind Stunning. her and she gets sucked out. And I, you know, as I said, I turned to you, so shocked. Just a missed opportunity there, and, and it weakened her character. But the thing is, like, what powers do you have if you have the force? I mean, I'm confused here. Well, I didn't know you could unfreeze. 
I didn't know you could unfreeze yourself from death. She's dead. Instant death. It's instant death in no, space. But we know that there, there is a certain power that means that you can come back from the dead, don't we? Well, We'd we do, say, yes. But like... she's Force-sensitive, not a Jedi. There are, there are two things with this scene. And don't get me wrong, I hate this scene. But let's play devil's advocate here. Yeah. So uh, if someone paid me quite a lot of money to be positive in this podcast, this is probably what I would say. Um, and that didn't happen, unfortunately. But I wish it did. So, first point. Can you imagine a scenario where it wasn't Leia that somehow did this magical force thing and got herself back into the ship? Can you imagine a scenario where it was Kylo Ren that did it? What, Ooh, as in yeah, like saving okay. her? Yeah. Okay, well that would be, wait, wait, wait. That would be interesting. Her, or that it was Kylo Ren that got frozen and came back to life in a kind of Christopher Reeve. No, that Ky- no, Kylo no, Ren saved Kylo her. Ren, obviously he... He didn't. Ha- he didn't. He could thoughts. not. He could not shoot. Yeah. Yeah. He, there was conflict there. Yeah. And then he's the the rest of his little army shot and blah blah blah. Yeah. We don't see him. Yes. Again in that. So okay. who's to say that it wasn't him that controlled that scenario to Look, get her from? Because she put her hand up and like zoomed. No, but from her think hand. about force powers. It's not limited to. Wow. Know, transactions via Wi-Fi, you can actually manipulate how people Sorry, move and stuff. Yeah, so I think we should move on. We didn't like we didn't like the uh, Superman layer scene. It was weird, and it sort of questions what you can actually do with the Force, which I think is a bit of a problem. I, you know, she should be dead. She's in outer space, but it is what it is. <laughs> but the whole the whole plot line there of uh, we get Finn and we get Poe and we get a new character. We get uh, Rose, who was a great new addition to. The sort of cast she was great she she is great i really like her um but i do wonder like why is she so good like how how is she because she's just some some girl who guards the escape pods right but is that theme gaz of of like they're trying <laughs> to they're trying to play on it a bit more and more in, in this new trilogy of just like everyday sort of you know soldiers rising up and, and 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 taking taking you know taking responsibility it's not just the legends like luke skywalker you've got you you go you've got finn you know who, who broke away from the stormtroopers and he's just a regular guy doing heroic things you've got rose doing heroic things not everyone can be like poe damron bob, bob Stephen. they're all getting involved yeah, they're mate. all getting involved bloody loving yeah. it sarah because i i really like right so i i think that's that's fine i'm happy to accept that and the plot uh that we get with um Finn and Rose basically going to find a code. Finn, called Froze, I think. Froze, yeah, Froze. Yeah, that's yeah, what the kids are calling it these that's days. What the kids are calling it on, um, yeah. They go on a journey to the casino planet to get a code breaker because Snoke's ship is able to track them through hyperspace, which has never been done before. Um, And they need the code breaker to essentially get into Snoke's ship by breaking into its shields and and disrupting the thing that tracks them through hyperspace so they can make one last jump to safety. I think there's a relatively interesting thing going on here. And I, I, because I watched that and I thought, are they saying that, because one of the things that Rose... Uh, says is that it can't be done but there's this new technology that potentially it could be done and blah 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 and then you've got this other plot point where uh, Poe Dameron calls out whatever the new leaders Laura Dern's character yeah Laura Dern's character uh, who was fucking annoying me for the whole film I was looking at her I was like what is she from Jurassic Park for fuck's yes. sake oh shit yes, yes. there you go but, yeah so anyway um so I, I'm watching that and I'm like, well, they, they don't have this tracker. 
they've obviously got some sort of traitor. Um, yeah. Uh, so for the most part, I thought that whole thing was just a lie. Yeah. And then and then Poe actually comes out and says, uh, "You're you're a traitor." He doesn't say it, it, it's not that he's saying that she's shit at what she does, but he comes out and says, "You're shit and you're a traitor." So I was like, "Ah, yes. Ah, now I get in there ah, yeah. because there is no tracker." Uh, they can't do that. That is beyond their capability. That the only reason they know is that she's a traitor. So I was like, that's the real story. Shit. And then it wasn't. And, and I was it like, wasn't, yeah. ah, right, okay. But I don't mind that because that, that's a film that gets you thinking. Yeah. Because it gives you multiple scenarios and situations and you try to follow one, you try to be a little bit clever and actually the script is far more simpler than that. It's a pointless storyline because nothing, nothing occurs because of it. And, you know, and because there was a moment where I was like, do you know what? They've gone on this huge thing. We've had this whole, this huge part of the story dedicated to it, and it's resulted in nothing. Nothing has changed because of it. However, what I think, the more I think about it, the more I really, really like that because they were they were trying to do something that would have had an impact, and it didn't work. And you can't just have everything work out for the good guys. Um, for mm. for plot development's sake, and a huge a huge part of it, I guess, like, <clears throat> a huge part of this whole story is that sometimes the good guys lose, and that yeah. was an occasion yeah. where they tried to do that. something and it didn't work out, and yeah. you know they still had to try it. I guess that that whole narrative, that's the opposite of a of a standard Hollywood trope, because you you might watch that and go, well, if we just deleted that story, then it would have no effect on the plot. Yeah, and that, that is the, my point. Um, yeah. However, uh, coming from the Gareth side, and unfortunately... It's like the dark side. Yeah, it is like the dark side, and, uh. and, I, and I'm one that, you know, I like to flirt with the dark side. Uh, and that's not me coming on to Gareth in any way. But, um, Canto bite. I, I, what's it called? Canto bite. Canto bite. Canto bite. Yep. Well, let's just call it Casino oh, World, because that's a dreadful name. Yeah, Casino um, World is definitely better. So Casino World, uh, but yeah, like I, I like the fact that you can follow a story and go, well, yeah, I mean, they're not supposed to, they don't just win all the time. Yeah. And 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 if anything, they, I mean, Benicio del Toro's character is a bit weird in this. Bizarre, 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 and bizarre. He reminds me when of did he start like stuttering it? as well? It's a character choice. Yeah. I don't it know. He started stuttering right in the first scene. Yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't notice yeah, it. He did. Cause... I didn't notice it until the end. I was like, what's going on here? So with Rose and Finn, we get this great development in Casino World and we see some weird and wonderful creatures, which I know John really liked, the little leprechaun type thing. and the little... I didn't like it. That's racist. And that annoys me. <laughs> it is racist because um, they've made it out that you've got this little... Lucky uh, charm. He's clearly a leprechaun. Lucky charm. He loves like these little gold things. He's pissed. I mean... What is this? But I did like the creatures. The tension in the film grows and grows and you have the escape of the uh, rebellion in the little escape ships from the major ship, basically. And we learn that Laura Dern's character, you know, Jurassic Park, Laura Dern's character, um, is going to stay behind and pilot the ship whilst everyone else is cloaked in these other ships going to this planet so that the, 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 you know, Empire First Order or whatever can't see them. Um, Which is kind of cool. But because of... uh, Finn and Ray, uh, Finn and Rose's uh, capture aboard uh, Snoke's ship. They get found out that the plan is that these escape ships are gonna, you know, jettison towards the planet. And then because of that, they adjust their scanners. They see them and they start picking them off one by one. Yeah. 
um, which is quite devastating. Like this is that is literally the end of the rebellion at this point. Um, and Laura Dern's character does something amazing, she, and one of the coolest visual things I think I've seen in this in a cinema ever. Um, she literally uses the hyperdrive system to set a course, so it just it literally hits inside of uh, Snoke's ship and it splits it in half and the visual just like is Fucking stunning immense. I was like what it's, we, we you know we were just going whoa like that yeah, is yeah, amazing yeah. it was so yeah, good I, yeah, yeah. I turned to you and was like how good is that yeah and it kind yeah. of a thing I really loved about that and I'm, I'm going to really throw out probably half of any of my fans which is like one other person um, was it made me think of Star Trek like the silence after it. Yeah, yeah. It's stunning. Ed, well edited. I mean, it ended up being filled with noise from people in the cinema going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Guy with the helmet on started running around as well. He had lost the plot. Amazing scene. That was pretty cool. And it enabled uh, the last remnants of the rebellion to flee to the planet Crate, which is uh, this amazing visual planet. It was like uh, the Bolivian salt flats. Me and you have been there, Gav. It's like the Bolivian... <laughs> <laughs> little tourist uh, tourist tip for everyone out there tourist go to it it's very cool but basically you get this amazing visual with uh, the planet of crate which is quite similar in a way to the way that empire start empire strikes back starts yeah. with the, the 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 fleeing of the rebellion from hoth except this time i like the way that once again our sort of expectations are a little bit subverted and it's about their last stand now they can't escape from mm. this planet this is it yeah and you think Fuck, you know this. They're gonna they're gonna be finished here because uh, <laughs> Rare, you, well, no, obviously not. But <laughs> okay. but it's a de- bit. yeah. Go on. Crystal foxes. Yeah, crystal fox. They <laughs> yeah. were cool, weren't they? They were cool. Yeah, that's my favorite bit of that whole scene um, ever. So Ren now in charge of the uh, the first order. Land, you know, take him and Hux go down there with about twenty. ATAT walkers or at walkers and the rebellion are caught uh, like cordon off um what did you think about that whole situation john what did you think about that whole setup and the premise of it all um well look i mean they give away that that's how that's how that's going to end in the fucking trailers yeah you know that there's a final battle on some little planet where there's like sand and shit or it could have been the opening battle what what is why it's interesting is the final battle because obviously everyone thought it was going to be a clone of Empire. They'd think, oh, it might open with this snowy planet again and then they escape. Instead, it's like, no, this is their last stand. They cannot escape. I think one yeah. of the things that I talked about at the beginning about what I really enjoyed about this film was that uh, visually it was spectacular and the the entirety of the scenes on this particular planet um, were utterly beautiful because of the fact it's a mineral planet. As soon as you disturb the minerals in the soil or the sand, or wherever it is, they mm. they turn that blood red. And mm. there are so many really poignant and, and stunning scenes mm. with the you know the the craft running through the sand, and it's it's like the red arrows, and it's it, the whole thing is just it's spectacular. And despite the fact that some of it's a bit ah, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that your porg impression yeah so back on acto uh after ray has fled uh to confront ren um we get a scene which i did, wasn't expecting in this film i didn't think that we would see in any way shape or form a force ghost of either obi-wan or yoda or you know fucking hell there was even rumors that uh hayden christensen would be appearing in this film because he's <laughs> no there was serious rumors that he yeah he'd be appearing as anakin um but the fact that we get this amazing reveal when Lucas is his darkest moment and we see Master Yoda again. Um, 
that was just a massive crowd pleasing moment. Everyone was like <gasps> in the cinema, you know, yeah. everyone was aghast aghast about it. And um John, you you said you were particularly uh, emotive with that scene. I was, yeah, look. I mean, uh so when that happened, when like when I saw the back of Yoda's head, I I mean, I'd grabbed Michelle's leg and was like this and is mine. yeah, and yours, yeah, I went a bit mad. I just I was fucking buzzing. And yeah. then just to to not only see Yoda and then to see him uh, have this conversation. Actually, there, there's a bit earlier in the movie that I, I turned to Len and said, uh, so when Luke talks to Ray about the Force and uh, it binding yeah. uh, the world together and blah, 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 blah. Um, finding balance. It's, it's uh, word for word. It's, it's what Yoda said to Luke yeah. in uh, in Empire. Yeah, love that. Um, so I was like, oh, that is that's such a cool. That's a nice callback. Yeah, that's yeah, and a lovely yeah. callback. So to <clears throat> to reference that, and then later on in the movie, see to Yoda um, for extended periods of the film. Yeah, and it's also the old Yoda, the puppet, the little puppet Yoda. Yeah. Um, Shit Yoda. Great, great I decision. Was fucking buzzing. What, what a decision it was by Ryan Johnson, who I think made, as we've said, a lot of good directorial decisions with this film. Mm. The decision to use more animatronics uh, for the creatures and also to use the old puppet Yoda and the way he used to speak and not the sh- fucking prequel version was such a good, such a good decision. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, you said, like Skywalker, missed you, I have, and all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, lovely. That, yeah. It's lovely. I love well, that. Yeah, well, definitely lovely. Like, and, uh, you know, my eye watered slightly. Yeah. What's going on here? And he's... I don't understand that emotion. No, yeah, yeah. Um, John, for John, that's an alien emotion. Yeah. So what is Does this? Not um, but the thing that, he, that Yoda once again has the most wise words of uh, the whole film. He says, you know, the greatest lesson is failure. You know, because Luke Luke's tormented by the the fact that he feels that he failed mm. Kylo um, to, well. the, to 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 create him. And and then Yoda said, "You didn't fa- failing is how you learn. Failing is the tr- the, the greatest teacher." Mm. Um, and that is an important moment for Luke because that's what gets Luke back into the fight and helps him. Mm. You know, as we see later on in the film. Um, helps him save the rebellion and keep the f- keep the spark in the galaxy alive. Yeah. So that's the thing that inspires uh, Luke to join the fight again, and so so well placed. And you know, we we go back to the uh, the the planet of crates where. Actually, let me ask you a question then. Okay. When Yoda does the the lightning thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts about that? Okay. So good. Yeah, I mean the the fact that Yoda's a Force ghost, and yet he's able to command lightning, command lightning, and, phys- blow, and blow the Jedi text up. Yeah. I mean, I, to him, for him to physically be able to just even act in our yeah. world is a concern for me. It's a, yeah. it's a concern that the Force ghosts actually have some sort of power because they're really only there to be guides. For context: He doesn't blow the text up. Okay. Yeah. 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 He blows the cave up. He blows the. Yeah, he, blow, he doesn't blow anything up. He directs lightning to a tree. Yeah. That blows everything else up. Yeah. So the fact that he can yeah, okay, react yeah, with the physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't physically go lightning text die. He, no, 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 but, but Yoda. He Yoda, does that. Yoda does that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it because I think that's just taking the power of what they can do too far. There's a line. Why, isn't why, why, why? For example, are they not like helping out Ray when they're yes, facing off with yes. Snoke? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Because obviously, like, if you've got like, even when like Luke's facing Vader in like Return of the Jedi, why is Yoda and Obi Wan not appearing and going? No, don't listen to him, mate. Well, yeah. Can you or, imagine? Like, yeah. Can you imagine in like a New Hope where um, Obi Wan's like Luke? 
Use the force. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm new to this. Oh, fuck it. I'll just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good point. And Luke, I, and you I... can take the, the glory for this. Yeah. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, Ben. I wondered whether, um, because, because of exactly what you're saying, I wondered whether it, maybe it wasn't actually Yoda doing it in a sense, if you know what I mean. It was almost metaphorical. And it's like, maybe Luke has done it, but to justify it to himself, he's kind of imagined this conversation or like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's almost like a yeah. representation of what's happened rather than he, rather than Yoda, Ghost of Yoda literally conducts lightning to a tree. So that, that's one thing that I considered, but I guess I don't like the idea that, because that's going in the other direction. That's like, um, that's almost like saying that they're forced ghosts don't even exist. Yeah. It's just them. Yeah. It's just them thinking that they exist and they've all gone a bit mental. Um so uh, but yeah, definitely like definitely that is a possibility. So Luke is finally decided to help out the rebellion, something that we've been wanting to see since the start of the Force since the opening crawl of the Force Awakens where they're trying to get Luke, you know, find Luke so they can reignite the rebellion and take down the first order. Our heroes are pretty much trapped on the planet of Crate and they have some sort of giant mini Death Star cannon, the First Order do, approaching the gate of the, of the, of our heroes. And the speeders uh, all go out to try and uh, stop this cannon. And you get this uh, amazing um, moment between Finn and Rose where Finn is willing to sacrifice himself. <laughs> And it, you know, it kind of it's kind of like uh, Independence Day at the end of Independence Day, like fly into the oh, shit, yeah. laser. Um, <laughs> but then out of nowhere, Rose knocks him out the way and saves him. And then you kind of think she might be dead. I mean, but there was a really touching little kiss between uh, Rose and Finn there. Gaz, what did you think I, about that? I just thought um, thought Rose's line after that was an absolute classic. I actually, I, I thought, I did think um, as Finn was flying towards the cannon. I remembered our conversation in the preview, how we were saying, I think, I can't remember, one of you two predicted that we might lose one of the um, the, the, new the, new, newbies. the newbies. And I thought, oh man, this is it. And it was gearing up for it. And I thought, I thought this is, he's, he's done. And then, yeah, obviously out of nowhere, Rose comes in. Um, I was relieved, uh, although I think, it, I think the film could have done with losing somebody just because just because there yes. were so many moments of like Correct. huge peril where you are 95% guaranteed to die and just coincidentally all of the main characters were in that 5% that didn't. Yeah. So you are 4,000% correct. But then I did like Rose's line afterwards, which was um, we're, when, like we're not going... <laughs> yeah, when she went, I um, really am liking to be on you. And... And he said, and he went, okay, we will. And it was really cool. Um, um, so what happened What happened was she said, we're, we're not going to win by destroying the things we hate, but by saving what we love. Yeah, that's nice. That was a nice line. That was a nice line. And that's a very Star Wars line. If you watch the whole film, like Poe po Dameron's arc is you're a maverick that cares more about um, glory, the glory rather than uh, the like winning for the people kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and for me, that felt like the bit where it, it would be him to bump Finn out the way, 
um, smash into the thing, it blows up, and then that's it. He's dead. Um, so when it was Rose, I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Mm. And then when she didn't die, I was like, oh, come on, man. I didn't want and her to die. And then she had that little bit of dialogue, and I was like, no, no, no. As in, like, I didn't want her to die. But, from the art but for, for no one to die in that, that part, I was just like, well, the drama's just disappeared completely. Yeah. And then that was quite a nice line. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And then she just went, Ugh. I was like, well, hold on, is she now dead? Like, what is this? I thought she was dead. Yeah, I thought she was dead then. I was like, this is poor. Uh, I, I did think she was dead then. and But, but you know, we got that touching moment and, and it's, once again, Ryan Johnson flipping the script a little bit here. You know, you, you kind of, we even discussed it in the preview podcast that there was a romantic link between um, Finn and Ray. Yeah. And you do even still get senses of that during this film. Like mm. Finn is very much focused on helping Ray and even when he sees her again, he hugs her yeah. and you, you see... Ray looking at Finn at the end of the film, um, but the new but the new relationship that we have with uh, Finn and Rose blossoming here is another way is that Ryan Johnson says that that's what you think is going to happen with Ray and Finn, but it's actually no, that's not going to happen. As the situation gets even worse, there's a hole now blown into the door of Whoa! the yeah the force hole, um, blown in <laughs> blown oh, into the goodness. door uh, out of uh, nowhere, quite literally. Luke Skywalker appears, and we were all like, "Fuck it!" Now, first of all, I was thinking, "How did he get there?" Yeah, what and, then, and then this, this is what I mean. How did he get there? We learned this no. later. No, no, no. So when Luke walks in, yeah, can you remember what his opening line was? Did he say, "Luke, who's here?" <laughs> I'm Skywalking here. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke appears, and Leia's obviously. Th- we finally get to see Luke and Leia interact with each other. Um, which is great and lovely, a lovely touching moment. Um, Here's a question for you. Yeah. When he went in for the kiss. In, in this film? Yeah, in this <laughs> film, yeah. Kissed on the forehead. Yeah. Anyone think he should have kissed on the lips? Yeah. No, no. What What are you talking about? You don't kiss your sister on the lips. Like, I know that neither of you have sisters. I'd kiss your sister on the lips. That's the sort of guy I am. Stop talking about my sister. <laughs> weird. That is seriously weird. Stop kissing your own sister on the lips. And to be fair to him, he did it once. He did it once. He learnt from his mistake. I think that's character development. So um, we get this amazing scene of Luke uh, walking uh, out through the uh, force hole that has been created in the door. Um <laughs> Um, and uh, ev- all, all of the re- remaining members of the uh, <laughs> rebellion look at him and are like, fuck, it's Luke Skywalker, that legend thing that he was talking about, this status that he's become. To prove how much of a legend he is, he literally walks out on his own against like the full might of the First Order. Mm. And um, he stands there and it's an amazing shot just of him, like, you know, and in front of him is just this array of like deadly she's there is she who oh Ray. god yeah there's just, just loads of ATAT walkers and um like the cannon thing helicopters helicopter all of it mate Tanks. it's like bad boys too um <laughs> <laughs> it's literally kind of like that. and um don't kiss my sister on the lips man. Ren is like Ren, Ren is doing his uh adolescent sort of dark side teenager thing like yeah. fire every single cannon that you can on that man yeah. and it's hilarious anyway it's absolutely <laughs> wicked he gets bombarded left right and centre by so many bullets 
And then he's still standing. Very deceiving first shot. Very deceiving. First shot. Just it, looked, it just it looks like, like it's it obliterated. Yeah, immediately. It looks like he gets absolutely annihilated. Yeah, but um, blood everywhere. But what a great little sequence that is. Then to see him there, and then you know <clears> Ren <throat> makes a decision, and this is what you really want to see. Mm. Ren makes a decision to go down there and fight him one on one, and that's what we were talking about in the preview podcast. We wanted a Luke Skywalker Ren showdown. Yeah, it was. It was. Awesome to see it happen. Like we 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 made the call. We hoped it could happen, and it sort of did, and it sort of didn't. And um, when when Luke stood there and said, "You know what? Go for it. Like kill me, and I'll be with you forever," or whatever he said, I thought I, I totally bought into it. And I mean, tell me if if you guys did, but I had no no idea that he could possibly not actually be there. I thought he's just gonna he's gonna he's gonna stand there, he's gonna take it for um for the good of the, the galaxy. And then he went straight through him and I was like, uh oh, now his whole body's gonna slide off and it's it's gonna be upsetting. And then I was like, Hold on a second, he's not dead. Has he is he so good with the force that he's able to like separate his atoms and avoid a lightsaber going through his body? And then um Obviously, it was revealed that it was hologram Luke, and I can't remember. Did he do like a cheeky wave or something? Like <laughs> so, when like the entire army unloaded on him, he brushes his shoulder, which is a, a like a very bizarre thing for him to do. It was very out of character. Um, one because I mean, shit, that's like fifteen years old. That's not even remotely trendy now. Yeah, he should have dabbed. Uh, he should have fucking dabbed. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I mean, if he had dabbed, I think I'd have had to have just walked out. To be <laughs> but, um, and then at the end, he says to to Kylo or to Ben, whatever he's going by, he goes, uh, "So long, kid," or something yeah. like that. See you around, kid. See, yeah. see you around, kid. Very patronising. Yeah, like the most annoying thing that he could potentially hear at that point. Like, you can't kill me. See you later, you douchebag. And he's like, oh, I hate you. Um, which is great. Yeah, that was good, and it brought the rebellion time to flee in the Falcon. Yeah, and and Ray to really, you know, Luke jokes earlier in the film that the Force isn't just about moving rocks. <clears throat> Call back to Empire again with him juggling all the rocks and stuff with Yoda. But Ray had to literally move loads of boulders to free them so they could get on the Falcon and then escape. Yeah. But you're right in the term in the fact that we saw obviously um Luke was projecting his uh himself uh onto crate from Acto. So yeah. literally across the galaxy. We've never seen that power before. Yeah. Ever. But also beyond that, actually, he uh he projected and Somehow transferred the gold dice on the chain. Well, they they they're not real. They're not real. They they disappeared. Yeah. So the gold. We're going to talk about the gold. We'll talk about the gold dice in a minute. Um, because I think they're very important. Very important. Um, but the fact that Luke was able to transmit his hologram across the galaxy is a crazy power. Maybe because he's on Acto and it's where the Jedi were founded. He was sitting on that like alter thing maybe he could do it amazing you um, drug that act, eh? um yeah and then we we get this amazing scene we we think that luke's gonna maybe be in episode nine 
because we don't. I didn't think he was going to die at this point. Um, I, I'm willing to bet my life that he's in episode nine. Yeah, he will be as a force ghost. Yeah, yeah. but um, he there's this amazing scene where he sees <clears throat> the two suns, like the binary, the binary sunset happening. Yeah, which is an amazing callback to his how his whole journey started seeing mm. the binary uh, sunset on Tatooine. Mm. Um, so that was a lovely little moment um, to signal that his journey was coming. When I saw the two suns setting, I was like, he's going to die. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the, like literally the sun setting on Luke Skywalker's journey um, in this sort of physical form, and now he's surrendered himself to the Force peacefully, as Rey and yeah. Leia say, and then hopefully now he can still be a mentor to Rey in the next film. I hope so, anyway. Cause... Yeah, it's a, I mean, look. a beautiful bookend. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it is. Look, I mean, but even the shot itself, like the story is is great. Um, the shot itself is fantastic. Yeah, doesn't mean I didn't fucking boo when it happened. <laughs> you weren't. Ha- yeah, you did. You actually physically did boo. You were like boo. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's a touching moment. John snapped me out of it. I remember, I was in a cinema. <laughs> some guy just shouting boo next to yeah. me. I wasn't happy. No. So were you unhappy with him dying or with the way that it happened or what? Well, look, I think uh, when Kylo strikes him and it's like, Ugh, it's that inevitable. He's dead now, and then he isn't, and then he's completely yeah. mugged him off. Yeah. It's like, he's not even there. <laughs> yeah. You prick. And then it goes back to him and it's like, yeah, he's absolutely mugged him off. They've somehow managed to do a film where you think he's dead and he's not. And now, oh no, he's dead. And I was like, oh, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Like, it was more frustration. That, that that was a bit of a shame, but it, it made sense, you know. It does make sense. It does make yeah, sense yeah, yeah. that, that the, the amount of power it must have taken him to do what he did. Actually, I really like that. I like I liked Luke dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. After um, savaging his, after savaging him, saying how terrible he was, we see after um, Luke has uh, sacrificed himself and everyone's like fled on the Falcon. Um, we get Ren going into the base and he sees the gold dice on the floor um, that Luke handed to Leia to uh, signify, you know an item of hands to signify you know the loss that they had both suffered with, with his death in episode seven force awakens um and then the dice disappear so that shows that that's also a hologram but the dice is, an, is a very subtle very 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 subtle uh thing because the dice are actually only ever seen in a new hope um they're never seen in empire and they're never seen in um return of the jedi and they're only seen in a couple of shots uh, in the falcon in uh, a new hope but when J.J. Uh, Abrams did The Force Awakens, he wanted to recreate the Falcon from A New Hope. That was the Falcon that he wanted to recreate. So he put the dice back in. And now we've got the, the dice being used as a symbol of, you know, Han's um, legacy. And the interesting thing about the dice is that's how Han Solo won the Millennium Falcon. Hmm. He was play- he was ga- he- It was a gambling bet with Lando Calrissian, which we might see in the upcoming Solo film, standalone film that we're getting next Christmas. Um, the Han Solo Solo. It's called. It's called Solo. It's just called Solo. solo. It's just called Solo. Um, and he just, won it with those dice, so he kept them as a memento of how he won the Falcon. Just Harrison Ford wanking for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think that's the funniest thing you've ever said, Emma Phillips. I'm going to say that we all love the film. Um, it, it, Star Wars. All Star Wars films intrinsically have some extreme silliness in them. But that's why we love them, you know. They're they they're, they're not they're never perfect, are they? They're never perfect. Yeah, and, they shouldn't be. and but what they are is an emo- this one especially is an emotional roller coaster, which really you know took us in directions that we didn't think we were going to go in from the trailers and the way that you know it's been built up. 
Um, we got a lot of good character development. We got to see, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker, the legend return and have this amazing scene on crate at the end. Um, some amazing visuals. And I'm, you know, not that I would never not be invested. You know, I went to see all the prequels. So that says it all. We all did. But we're invested in this. We want to see the final chapter in the Skywalker saga. Um, you know, and, and we cannot wait for that. It's about a year and a half. I'm just going to go around each and individual person here. And I want one prediction of what you think will happen in episode nine. Just one prediction. So I'm going to go to John first. What's your one prediction for episode nine? Ray will die. Okay, that's a very. I think that's a. That's very possible. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Chewbacca's gonna die as well. What? Well, no. not you. You fucking hate Chewie. It's because you can't do the impression. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good uh, prediction, John. Emma, what about you? We will see um, a recurrence of Luke uh, and maybe Yoda again. All right, Gaz. Uh, what's your prediction, mate? Kylo Ren will kill Ray, and um, he will instantly feel regret about it and maybe top himself both dead Kylo Ren and Rey Fair. I like it I like it well I like that I um Len? I'm gonna agree that we're gonna see Luke in uh episode nine it'd be such a shame not to have Mark Hamill back as like a force ghost mentor for Rey yeah. I think that both Rey and Ren are going to die I, I, I think they both will die. I don't know whether how whether they kill each other and there's some they seem to be intrinsically linked now. Mm. Um, so their fates are probably also linked. I think we're gonna see some relationships blossom. I think uh, I think we're gonna have Poe. It looks like getting with Ray and Finn getting with Rose. So let's Wait, see what happens Rose that. Who's going to get with Ray? Yeah, yeah that was yeah, very they much... Each, they gave each other a... Yeah. They gave each other a look. Like, hi, I'm Poe. And she's like, hey. And he's like, hey. Well, I don't think it was that kind. I don't think it was that overt. It was there. It was heavy-handed. He licked his bottom lip. Just one little uh, little side bit. Let's just say how much we love the Porgs. I know you guys were critical of them for being Happy Meal toys, but let's on it. They were handled well. And although they were a bit of like kid humour, I thought they were very well used throughout the film. And yeah. they're bloody adorable. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, John took me to get one straight after the film, didn't you, mate? Did you get a Happy Meal yeah, yeah. as well? Got a Happy Meal. Six or seven different Mackie D's. Yeah. Sold out. Fucking sold out everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but you got one, you like it, didn't you? Yeah, I bloody love it, mate. Um, so that's, uh, that's, been, that's been it. That's Star Wars for another year. That's Star Wars for another year. I cannot believe we've got to wait until next... Well, next Christmas we get the solo... We get Han Solo standalone film, which apparently is Harrison Ford tugging off for 90 minutes. But, um, 90 minutes of Harrison solo wanking. Unbelievable. Um, Dreams come and true. But we all absolutely love The Last Jedi. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us. And thank you for uh, listening to the preview podcast and any, everything else, anything else that we do. Um, if you'd like to leave us a review, that would be amazing. Preferably on iTunes, because um, I think that's the only place you pretty much can review. Preferably but, five star too. Uh, preferably five star, but John will accept anything below a two star as well. So if you actually <laughs> genuinely yeah. don't like it, he would love you to say that you don't like it. No, because if, if you don't like it, we'll stop doing this, and then I'm free. And then he's free. He doesn't have to give up his evenings, and he can... can run around in like the meadow and stuff. That are now yeah, the outdoors. Begin. 
Um, so we do some other things, but we are pretty much closing down for Christmas. Now we have one more podcast coming out later this week, which is our Christmas special podcast, which will be a nice, fun, Christmas-themed podcast. If you want to check out any of our other content, we had a Walking Dead podcast, so you can go back Ooh. and look at that. Boo Earns, I mean, yeah. you know, it's funny, that one, though, because uh, the show is pretty awful. And, and we also covered Stranger Things, which if you're going to watch it over Christmas, yeah, if you're going to watch it over Christmas, please check it out. We have a lot of fun with that one as well. Also, follow us on social media. We are fan underscore critical on Instagram and fan critical pod on Twitter. Today, I have been joined by our Wookiee John, Yay. our Porg Emma, ah. our little well, green Yoda me. Gaz. Podcast recording has finished. (laughs) And I've been your host, Len. And thanks, guys. Uh, Check out the Christmas pod. See us out, John.